Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And as we begin today, I want to say hello especially to people that are on what I call our digital campus, and that is the people who aren't here and they are watching online. And this week I've had three people reach out to me that uh, haven't been to Crosswalk before. And they, they uh, emailed me about books or, or they just, I met them uh, in a place, uh, like one of them was over in uh, Scottsdale. An individual came up and said, hey, uh, Pastor Dan, I, I've never met you before, but I've seen you online and listened to your messages, so welcome. And I want to tell you, especially if you're watching online, this is going to be a challenging message for you. Uh, as you as you think about being on that digital and, and watching online, and hang with us, hang with us to the end is the encouragement that I'm going to give you. Now, as we begin today, and we see a safe haven in church family, to help, to help us frame this a little bit, we need to remember the vision of Crosswalk. And the vision for Crosswalk is to be a church that people who don't go to church would like to attend. And sometimes when people who do go to church and are, are members, they might think, well, what's the deal? What about us? What about people who are coming to church? To which I say, relax. Just relax a little bit. Because here's what we mean when, we, when it's a church that unchurched people will want to come to. What that means, first of all, is that as we have worship and the music, that we hope it's something that you're somewhat used to that'll have a familiarity to it, that'll make it uh, a little easier for you to come in here. Also, as we think about being a, a church that unchurched people, people that don't go to church would like to attend, I want you to, to maybe not think as much about the experience here of, of what's going on in our worship service, but I'd like you to think in terms of the word church. And the word church, when it's used in the Bible, never means a building, and it doesn't mean Sunday morning worship. What church is, it, it always refers, the word church always refers to people. The church is those who have been called out of darkness into the light of the gospel. And so when we think of this on being a church that people who don't go to church would like to attend, I want you to think of the vision being that Crosswalk would be a place, would be people, that people who don't know Jesus would want to hang out with. Think about that for a minute. To be people that people who don't know Jesus would want to hang out with. And the reason why I give that example to you is this, is I want you to think about the life of Jesus. And if, if you need to go back and you need a refresher, you can look in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there was something about Jesus that was magnetic that people who, who were in trouble, people who, who, who needed help, people who knew that their lives were, were going down the toilet, 
recognized that if they went to Jesus, they were not going to get judgment, they were going to get help. And I want you to, to, when you do read through the life of Jesus, look at it through that lens. That there were people, it didn't make any difference if it were people who were sick, and it didn't matter if they were blind or had leprosy or couldn't walk or whatever it was, that they recognized Jesus as a place and as a person that they could go to for help. And it wasn't just people with physical issues, it was people with moral issues as well. Whether it be individuals who were tax collectors, who were hated, they were crooks, or, or people with sexual issues, uh, that, that you look at prostitutes and, and individuals like that, they came to Jesus. Individuals who had, had cheated in their marriages went to Jesus and they knew he was a person who could help. And what Jesus did as he was caring for them and, and let them know that they were loved, what he did is he, he raised their eyes a little bit. And what he tried to get them to see that what, whatever is going on in your life and the issue that is bringing you pain, that, that maybe what you need to do is you need to raise your eyes a little bit and you need to see this from a standpoint of your relationship with God that you need to bring God into this equation and see that no matter what you're going through to see what the power of God's love and the power of God's forgiveness can bring. So my question for you is as you consider a haven in our church family, the first question that's there, it's, in, it's, in, it's highlighted. What kind of relationship do you have with the people who come to crosswalk with you? And, and I want you to think about that. Every person here is going to have a little bit different answer. And right now, don't look at the people sitting next to you. But that's the person I want you thinking about. And not the person you came with, but the person down the row. And, and maybe if you... John, I told you not to look, and he looked. I saw him. He looked right down the row. And so the issue is, is there might be people that you've sat by for a number of weeks. Maybe you see them, and there's a familiarity to their face, but you don't even know their name. And so what happens is you look at this, as you look at a safe haven in church family, I, I want you to give a grade to crosswalk. I want, I want you to, to, in your own mind, that if, if Crosswalk is a safe haven, a place where I can go in difficulties in life, would I give, what grade would I give Crosswalk? And I know the answers out there are one, which is the lowest. There are individuals who are around five or close to that. And there are people who would give a grade of 10, who would say, Crosswalk's been there for me. I mean, I just love these people, and I, I, I am so blessed to be part of it. And the reason why I know that the answers range from 1 to 10 is because as I've gone through things in my life and as I've met with individuals, they've told me this. That there are individuals who with Crosswalk have had an unbelievably varied experience based on maybe what they were going through or the individuals they came into contact with. Some 
very unhappy, others couldn't be more happy. But what grade you give Crosswalk today is irrelevant. Because this is really the question, and the question is, what do you want it to be? Do you want Crosswalk to be a safe haven? Because if you don't want it to be, it will not be. And that's the challenge that I'm offering to the people who are especially watching online. Crosswalk will never be a safe haven to you because we don't even know you. Crosswalk will not be a safe haven to you because the church, people who know Jesus, who are trying to be people that people who don't know Jesus would want to hang out with, that's the challenge is we can't be a safe haven to you. It's only going to be watching videos and, and uh, watching 40-minute segments that might be very helpful, but what you will not experience is human touch and human contact that God gives us as a safe haven. So what we're going to do right now is, is I want you to think about what you want it to be and then to, to look at this lesson and to see how God makes it that, how, how God can raise this in our lives and at Crosswalk in our church. So here's where we go. We start with Acts 4, 32 to 37. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So my question for you, first of all, is do these people seem like people that you would want to hang out with? And you know the answer is yes. They were very kind. They were considerate. They were compassionate. That they, they were very giving people. That when you find people like that, you hold on to them as tightly as you can. And, and so as we look at this, it's going to be the challenge. And, and that's the next question at the bottom. How do you want Crosswalk to respond when you are hurting or in need of help? I want you to think about that. What should the response be? How, when I'm going through some things, what is the response I want it to be? And, and we're going to see that the challenges that, that lay in front of us, but also how we can be that church that you so desperately want us to be and to be there when you need us. So, we, we go back to the lesson, and we're in Acts 4, verse 33. And this is where we start. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Remember, this is very early in the life of the church and that Jesus had risen from the dead just a few months earlier. So when you look at the content of every sermon that was preached, if, if you wanted to listen to the content of every message that a disciple had with people that they would come into contact with, 
at some point they would look for the opportunity to kind of slip in there. And did you know that Jesus rose from the dead? Do you know Jesus of Nazareth? Maybe, maybe you heard that he died on the cross and, and three days later, I'm just telling you, he rose from the dead and I'm a witness of the resurrection. I'm a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is God's son, both God and man, died to pay for sin, and then he rose as proof that we are perfectly forgiven. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus is alive? And so what they did, and you can put this in the blank, is the early church kept the main thing the main thing. They kept the main thing, the main thing. And I'm going to tell you, this is where personally, and maybe even pastorally, I don't keep the main thing, the main thing. Because what happens is Jesus' resurrection from the dead, and you can write this next to it, write the word perspective that when we remember on a daily basis that Jesus rose from the dead, it gives everything else we, we face in life perspective. In, in a book I read, The Lies We Believe, one of my favorite books, one of the, one of the things that it, it encouraged the individual to do who was reading the book is that when something happens in life, Give it, if that really upsets you, try to give it a one to 500 rating on how bad it is. And, and so what, what, the reason why this is, is important for me is because I was finding myself getting a little too angry and, and uh, flipping out over, over things that weren't that big. And so an example of this, because I'm a dad, and this is what I do, if someone left the TV on, that was freak out moment. Are you kidding me? Turn the TV off. That's like a little heater in the house, and I'm paying for the air conditioning. So it's not just the, the TV power, but I'm paying for the air conditioning as well. What is wrong with you people? To which my children should respond, dad, Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> Which then helps me to realize on the grand scheme of one to 500, this might be a five. And it helps me put it into perspective. But now I want you to think about that in, in all of life because the 500 thing in life was you have sinned and that sin separates you from God and you're going to hell because of it. You have permission to freak out about that, okay? That's an eternity, that's eternity separated from God, I'm going to hell. Go running through the streets screaming, freak out. Until you hear the disciples tell you, we are eyewitnesses of the fact, Jesus is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. And so your 500 problem, the biggest problem you have in life, has been taken care of. And not only that, not only that, not only has your sin been taken care of so that your relationship with God is restored, but when you leave this life, 
you're going to be with God, that death now becomes a gateway to be with God in heaven. And again, I don't want to diminish. The purpose of this isn't to to tell you that the issues you're going through are not that big. Because I know with many of you, I, I know what they are. I read through your prayers. I pray your prayers with you. I know of people who are in your, their last phases of cancer and they are going to die soon. I know that, that there are kids who are suffering, who are in bad situations. I know that there are financial situations that are weighing down on you and, you, and you, they're just overwhelming you and you don't know how you're going to get out of them. And I get it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's not big. But I would also argue that that is distracted driving. That's distracted living. That's distracted from the one thing that is the main thing in our lives, and that is Jesus rose from the dead. And so as you go through life, that's my encouragement, which the early church had, that we need to get that back, that at least once a day, at least once a day, Or the next time you see someone in your family freaking out over something that's really not that big, give them perspective. Jesus is alive. We continue. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. God's grace was powerfully at work in them. And remember, God's grace, grace means undeserved love. Grace is a gift. Grace, when God's grace is powerfully at work in you, it's taking that resurrection truth and recognizing that the implications of it are now at work in my life. And what it makes us, if the resurrection gives us perspective, God's grace among us makes us people who are thankful. Because now what is happening is the message of the gospel and the message of the resurrection is now beginning to affect my heart. And on a daily basis, I realize that God is giving me gifts that I don't deserve. And so instead of seeing all the wrong, instead of seeing all the problems that, that are, again, I'm not saying they're not there, but they're in perspective. Now, not only am I, I'm able to do that, but I'm also able to see the good. And God's grace starts to change me. And all of a sudden, those fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of having God in my life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of those gifts now are are gifts that are are at my disposal, are, are gifts that can be seen in me as I live for Christ. In the blank, you can write, Change begins in my heart. Change begins in my heart. It happens when I stand in awe of how powerful and amazing the grace of God truly is. Don't turn the page yet. Hi, you already did, I heard you. In, in case we haven't made this clear, this is what is called gospel motivation. Gospel motivation is when the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the grace of God changes me into the person that God would have me be. 
And, and the opposite of that is law motivation. Law motivation is, is when I am motivated by uh, being yelled at. I'm motivated by, uh, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. Uh, it's a threat. The, the law brings threats for behavior. And the reason why we must start here, and, and if you are not here yet, don't turn the page. Please don't turn the page. You can listen quietly where you're at and stay on this side of the page and remind yourself, for you it's not once a day. For you it might be every 10 minutes that Jesus is alive. That you, you need to get that perspective. That you need to remember the gift of God's grace and, and let it work in your life on whatever issue that is, has got a hold on your heart. Because as we look at being a safe haven in the storm in a church family, you are not going to be any help to anyone if you cannot first go to the safe haven of God himself and his grace. The encouragement is, is that his promises are true and his promises are real. And so with this, we, we need to continually go there. And now that having been said, we turn the page. Because if you don't have the grace of God in you and a resurrection perspective, the next page freaks you out. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own and they shared everything they had. That, that is like, I'm just telling you that, that you look at that and the church today like freaks out about that. Because here's what we're gonna be doing after the service. I'm gonna have a basket up here and I'm gonna ask everyone to bring uh, the titles for their homes and cars and put them in the basket. And Crosswalk is going to control your finances from, from now on, that's the big ask. Okay, that's a lie, okay? You, we, but, but, you, but if you think about that, you're like, would you be ready for that? You know what, I have, I have my house, I think, you know what, my wife and I are getting to the age where we'll probably move out of a house, maybe into a condo, maybe I'll just give it to the church. And for some it might be, we're, we are not in the financial position to do that. So, so we don't have the wealth to be able to do that. And, and I get that, that's not what this is about. This is about having a resurrection perspective and a grace-filled, thankful heart that recognizes that God, more than anything else, that if you wanna look at what God is, God is generous. And because my God is that way to me, I wanna be generous to others as well. And, and that's what I want to do. I want to be like my dad. I want to be like God in, in giving whatever I can to help others. In the blank, you can write, the church does not practice communism. I practice communism with my wife when we go out to eat. Whatever is on my plate is mine, and whatever is on her plate is mine too. And so that's, and, and some, and this is the wrong idea. This isn't whatever is yours is mine. This is completely different. The next one, they practiced stewardship. 
Stewardship is not saying whatever is yours is mine. It's saying whatever is mine is God's. And that's a completely different approach. Whatever is mine, God has given to me. I have a resurrection perspective in in the way that I understand this. I understand that everything he's given me, I don't deserve. That's grace. And now, as I live my life, I want to live it in such a way that I use all of these things to give him glory. And when you start to live like that, because not many people do, but when you start to live like that, you're going to have some major fun. You are going to have a great time being generous as God is showing love and being able to help people who truly need it. In the blank, you can write, they practice stewardship. My time is a gift from God. My abilities are a gift from God. My wealth is a gift from God. And I use these things to serve God and others. And when that, when that begins to happen is when you have that stewardship type thing, is, is when you are able to share what you have and others benefit. And I'm telling you, this is going on at Crosswalk. And so for, for those, if you ever feel like Crosswalk is a one because you haven't felt this grace, the grace of other people, and have had them rally around you, I, I apologize for that. But also, I want you to recognize that this also is going on. One of the ways that I see this is something that probably 80 families are in. Uh, it's called Care Portal. Uh, and what Care Portal is, is it's a, a blast email that's sent out by Amy Unkefer. And what it is, is it's for families that are either in adoptive or foster situations or trying to keep out of a foster situation, and they need help. And as of today, well, actually, it was as of a couple weeks ago, over 100 children, 100 children were given everything from beds to clothing to food to whatever they needed by people from Crosswalk who don't even know them. And all of this is for one purpose, to be the type of people that people who don't know Jesus would want to hang around. Tell them, you know what, we, we, we are not like, we are not Jesus, but we are trying to be like him because we, we want to be generous and we want to help everything that we have as God's and, and to the extent that we can, we want to use it to share with others, to let them know that, that God loves them too. If you were to ask those people if the church family is a safe haven, they would say Yes. So, as we move forward, what happens? And, and we go to John 13, go to a little bit different place. And where we're going, this is Jesus right before he, he's going to die, right before he's going to go up into heaven, and this is what he says to his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's it, guys. It's loving one another. That's what this comes down to, a resurrection perspective, grace at work and being thankful in my life, being loved by God and now showing it. And so in the blank, 
you can write, the safe haven God gives us is love. Again, the safe haven God gives us is love. His love for me and my love for others. And so what we're going to do right now is something I don't normally do, and that is during the middle of my, my message, I'm going to play a video because I think this song captures the truth of, it's talking about love holding us together. It's one of my favorite songs. I hope you'll enjoy it as well. It don't have a job. Hold us together, make us a shelter, weather the storm, and I'll be my brother's keeper. So the whole world will know that I'm not alone. I love that song. So if you see me distracted driving, that's what I'm singing, just so you know. This song is so inspirational to me because it does. It, it just... I'm my brother's keeper, that, that reminder, all of that, and love, the love of Christ holding us together. And that is the encouragement we have. Now, what does this look like? Let's look at the, the passage from Acts 4. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. With Barnabas, it started with one person. Barnabas saying, you know what? I can give encouragement. I have a resurrection perspective. I have a heart that is full of grace. And I want to make sure that everyone I come into contact with has that as, what, as much as I do. And so in the blank, you can write, change in church culture happens one person at a time. Happens one person at a time. And this is the challenge part. This is it, guys. This is the challenge part. All of you here today, with whatever grade you give Crosswalk on, on whether we are a haven for, as a church family, whatever grade you gave, you gave yourself. Because you are Crosswalk. I'm not Crosswalk. You are. Because Crosswalk is the church and the church are people who know, the, who know the resurrection of Jesus Christ and experience on a daily basis his grace. And I am telling you right now, there are already harbors, safe havens that have been dug for you to pull your ship into. One of them that meets, uh, I just, you can go, this ultimately where this is going is to our website, to the growth group page, and, and all of those are harbors. All of them are safe havens. And, and whether it be a resilient ministry for, for those who have hurt habit or hang up where, that they need help with, it's there Saturday nights at six o'clock. The foster adoption ministry for those who either foster kids or those who have adopted children, they meet once a month and it's a support group to help them because it's a very hard job or the care portal of being part of that. That's all there. If you want more information about what is happening, go to the hub and they'll help you. But that's not all that I'm talking about because joining a growth group is not going to solve all our problems and make 
crosswalk a safe haven in a church family. Perhaps your way of starting is not in a growth group. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but maybe, maybe the way that the safe haven starts with you is simply to be a friend. That might, maybe it starts by saying, you know what, Jonathan? You and, you and I and Tanya and Debbie need to get together once a week. If no one else joins us, that's going to be our growth group. And what we're going to do, what we're going to celebrate every time we get together is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the grace that God has shown us and how thankful we are to be his children. And, 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 and what will happen in those 12 weeks or whatever it is during, during the growth group semester, a friendship develops. You know what's going on in someone's life. Someone's talking to you. Someone's listening to you. You know that you're not alone, that, that you become your brother's keeper and you become a safe haven in, in, a, in a challenging world. I don't know where you are, but safe havens exist here and safe havens need to be continued to develop here. Because what I find is this, is those who, who look at Crosswalk as a one. Okay, I don't wanna, I gotta be careful because I don't, I, I don't take, I'm gonna take that back. I'm going to say this, I'll say it this way. When you look at, when you buy insurance, you don't get to buy insurance after you've had an accident. What you do is you invest in it beforehand so that when those things come, you are ready for it. And, and so it is as we, we look at being a safe haven, it's hard for the church to be a safe haven after something happens because the, the relationships develop before that. So the encouragement is this, no matter where you are at, start the development of the safe haven, be the safe haven, and, and find places for them at Crosswalk. Again, a reminder, go to crosswalkphoenix.com, look under the growth groups, and find a place to begin. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, uh, we thank you that in our lives that we are not alone, that, that you are with us. And so we thank you for a perspective, a, a resurrection perspective, that we know Jesus is alive and our biggest problem is taken care of. Now, Lord, help us also be see your grace powerfully at work among us, uh, that, that we would see how much you love us and how much you have done for us. And then finally, Lord, for those who especially who are hurting here today, help them to find safe havens, help them to navigate into calm waters that are created by a church family who loves them. Help us to be a place and a people that those who don't know you will like to come and get to meet and, and hang out with and, and be a part of. And finally, Lord, continue to shower your grace on us and your love because we desperately need it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. And now as you go, a, a reminder of 
my goodness, find a safe haven as quickly as possible. For some, it might start with friendship and just inviting someone over to your house. But as you do that, have that, that perspective of the resurrection and see the grace of God powerfully at work inside of you. And now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.